Hi all and welcome to Listen Nordia Markets podcast. My name is Lotta Lähtemäki and with me I have a special guest today. So our Russian chief economist Tatiana Evdokimova. Hi Tatiana and it's nice to have you here as our guest. Hi. So today we are going to talk about Russian economy. We have been receiving this news all around the world that the for example the global growth is now slowing, euro area is struggling, also US and China's growth rates are also slowing a bit. So but how about Russian economy? How is it going there? Russian economy is also facing quite a number of headwinds right now and it's coming from both sides both from internal demand and from external of course russia is a relatively open economy and naturally it has uh, some weakness coming from slower global demand but what's more like public spending was not very fast this year and consequently the growth is at just around 0.7% in the first half of the year but not all sectors are are doing so poorly there is quite a number of bright spots for instance pharma chemicals and food okay that sounds good then of course russia is an important trade partner for finland and actually i looked a little bit the trade data that we have between finland and russia and actually what we have seen last year the total ex- finnish export to russia it was like 5% of of the total export of Finland but in 2012 the same amount was about ar- around 10% so there has been quite a big decline how would you see that where are the reasons for this decline of course Russia and Finland are very close trade partners together and definitely there was ne- recently some kind of Uh, decline in trade especially uh, Finland doesn't seem to be able to come back to the export volumes to Russia that we saw before 2014 when oil crisis and sanctions came but as then again in the latest couple of years 2017 and 18 there was some slight recovery in these figures from both sides both Russia and Finland were increasing their trade volumes and actually Russia was able to uh, recover to its pre-crisis levels in terms of trade with Finland but <clears throat> this year i think uh, that uh, both countries are part of this global trend of slowing growth and slowing trade volumes so uh, finnish uh, growth uh, fin- finnish exports slowdown is no exception from world dynamics and actually you may be proud of the fact that finnish exports to russia dropped by just 1.5% in the first half of this year while europe's total exports dropped uh, dropped by more than 7% so you are actually doing better than the rest of uh, european union but uh, overall uh, actually i see some uh, uh, kind of uh, improvement going forward because russia is currently at the beginning of potentially some investment cycle because uh, the government is launching quite a number of projects which involve a lot of construction and infrastructure building and for that of course we'll need a lot of machinery and equipment coming from the nordics so very probable that we'll see some turnaround next year when the Uh, projects come to a more active phase okay yeah well that sounds good you mentioned the construction sector that there is going to be now this government government um, project on that so that will be be a good thing especially for the Finnish construction firms 
are there any other sectors in Russia that that for example like consumer goods side is that something that could be good for the Finnish export firms that that focus on that area or how do you see the consumer side in Russian economy I would admit that the government is trying to uh, change the growth model in Russia towards more investment-oriented growth and less uh, consumption-driven growth. That's why we had this year a tax a value-added tax hike on consumers from 18 to 20 percent, and these proceeds of this tax will be actually used to finance part of these infrastructure projects that are on the cards. But overall, all the sectors that are close to construction and infrastructure building metals and mining uh, they are all to benefit from all, all the all, all these initiatives okay yeah you mentioned about this big government government project um, I read also something about and I think it was quite huge number that was stated in it so so can you tell something more about that Uh, there is a huge number indeed being announced that up to 350 billion euro is to be spent till 2024. Overall, not all of this is fresh money. Some of it was already in the budget for quite a while, but actually a quarter of this, so up to 85 billion euro is to be used to finance infrastructure projects such as railway building, road building and uh, improvement of infrastructure in seaports and air airports. So basically this is one of the top priorities. In other uh, directions where we will see uh, additional spending, it's uh, road safety and um, ecological development. So basically quite a broad-based uh, number of sectors are to benefit from it. Okay, yeah. Then you already mentioned a little bit about these sanctions that o- of course also was part of the reason why also Finnish export declined to Russia. But what is the situation now? There has been some sanction, but how is it? How are they looking in future? I guess uh, sanctions have already become kind of a new normal for Russia. The economy has quite well adapted to this um, uh, new environment, and actually, most companies have found their ways to live with sanctions and continue their daily business. And most uh, corporates that did business in Russia for quite a while are still interested in this market, and uh, just found ways to keep uh, keep their going concern. Uh, otherwise, uh, like this year was quite calm in terms of sanctions compared to last year when we've got uh, a couple of waves of new sanctions and uh, a lot of um, affects market volatility, a lot of ruble pr- pressure linked to the whole issue. This year is calmer and um, uh, that's why we see ruble appreciating quite significantly since the beginning of the year. But going forward, I wouldn't say that we could completely disregard sanctions risks at all, because um, it's a very politicized question, uh, quite unpredictable questions in terms of timing of potential new waves of sanctions. So we basically see that um, U.S. presidential elections approaching next year may be a trigger for some fresh uh, level, fresh uh, waves of sanctions. Otherwise, uh, I guess uh, the high interest, uh, I- the high investment grade of Russia from all the major rating agencies confirms that actually all of them believe that uh, Russia is quite well prepared for fresh waves of sanctions if they ever come. Okay, and actually, yeah, I remember that I also read that uh, for the rating agencies, you got some improvement also from there. Am I right? 
Uh, right this year, Russia has actually regained investment grade from all the three rating agencies, which it lost some time ago, basically in 2015, after... Uh, oil price slump and sanctions uh, implementation. But um, actually, there was a lot of done on the monetary policy front and fiscal policy front. The regulators are very prudent. We have quite tight budget policy. Budget is in surplus. And uh, the central bank is uh, successfully implementing inflation targeting. So um, the authorities has basically made sure that economy is able to face uh, new external shocks, not only linked to oil, but also to some capital flight in case of more sanctions. So uh, I guess we are better prepared to external shocks than we could actually be. And that's, of course, a good thing. Um, Then you already mentioned a little bit about ruble. And of course, also related to that important factor is the Central Bank of Russia. We are seeing at the moment that, for example, ECB launched a new easing easing package and also Fed is now cutting rates. But what is happening in Russia? Are you seeing seeing more easing or more tighter monetary policy or how is it going? Russia has been in the easing cycle for quite a while right now, since 2014, when uh, the central bank hiked rates till 17% in response to a very uh, wild crisis on all fronts um, and a lot of ruble pressure. Since then, as economy uh, slowed and then inflation pressure slowed, uh, the central bank was able to start cutting rates and was doing it regularly over the last five years. And right now the key rate is at 7%, something probably unimaginable for Finnish reality, but still. And um, uh, there is some more room for further easing, uh, I guess something around 1, 1.5 percentage points in the coming couple of years. But uh, that is also to a great extent dependent on what's happening in the global economy, because if we see some slowdown and uh, more pressure on the oil prices, then ruble may be a bit vulnerable to this shock. And in that case, that would limit central banks' ability to cut rates further. But right now, uh, potentially lower rates may well become... (coughs) may well become uh, a good stimulus for the economy going forward. Okay. That sounds also good. Yeah. What about then, you mentioned also ruble. So what is your forecast for that going forward? Uh, We actually have uh, a bit of a worrisome forecast. Well, we forecast some weakening of uh, the currency in the coming quarters, but not anything dramatic, something around minus 3% on the currency, mostly against the dollar and to a lesser extent against the euro uh, because of um, overall global relative weakness of the European currency, given the economic developments inside eurozone. But otherwise, ruble is mostly vulnerable to external shocks, and um, uh, it's basically moving very close together with other currencies of emerging markets. And if we expect more trade war worries, more uh, risks of global slowdown, then of course markets will rather be in a mood not very uh, favorable towards uh, emerging markets and towards the ruble. That's why we see some, some weakness, but I think that it won't be to such an extent to make uh, trips to Finland too expensive. Okay, that's of course a good 
good thing on the Finnish tourism side. So yes, then uh, a hot topic, of course, at the moment is trade war. You already mentioned that that will, of course, create uncertainty and might also relate to ruble. But have you seen like any other impacts of the trade war to Russian economy on the export side, trade side? We've seen some slowdown in exports. For instance, in the first quarter of 2019, we've got export volumes, so export in real terms uh, falling actually for the first time since early 2016. So in this regard, Russia is feeling some impact, but it's not dramatic so far. I guess in future, if um, this um, uh, conflict escalates, then we are likely to feel it through oil prices if they also suffer from uh, high risks of global slowdown. But I guess that um, OPEC plus deal, which exists right now and supports um, a stable, more or less stable and balanced oil market, also shields us from something similar to what happened in 2014. Uh, otherwise, another channel of influence is, of course, through ruble volatility. Uh, and I guess that the initiative of the government to actually launch a lot of internal projects may also save uh, economy from the hard landing in case of um, this kind of uh, global uh, volatility and uncertainty. Because uh, local public demand from the government may uh, counterbalance uh, slowing demand from external side. Okay. Then, of course... Now, part of the trade war is the fact that the US and China put in these more protectionist uh, actions. Has there been any discussion in Russia? Like, where, would there be something related to this, like on Russian behalf? So far, mm, that's not happening. Russia adheres to quite open uh, trade paradigm and uh, basically is trying to even increase its presence on the global scale. For instance, one of the goals that was stated in um, the latest May decree, it's the decree that was signed by Putin after his re-election last year, and it's the decree that states targets for the for this uh, presidential term. So this decree mentioned that there is an ambition to increase uh, Russia's export, non-oil exports to $250 billion, which is the double of what we export right now in non-oil uh, related uh, parts. So I guess that uh, we actually count on rising global trade and the rising external demand. So protectionism is probably not the best um, outcome for us. Okay, so there's also some ambitious goals for, for the export side as well. But perfect. I think that was then all. And many thanks to Tatiana for participating our podcast. I hope we can redo it sometime in future. And we will be coming back with new podcast in the coming weeks with some other topics. But until then, bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.